It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And of course, as we Look towards 9-11 this weekend, and as we look back at what has taken place over the last 20 years, it's time to get some good perspective, some good insight in terms of what actually happened in Afghanistan, what lessons we learned, what lessons we missed, and more importantly, what we do going forward. Professor of Law from the S.J. Quinney College of Law at the University of Utah, Amos Giora, a good friend of the show and great insight as always, uh, joins us today to talk about a panel discussion the University of Utah will be holding tomorrow that I think is going to be just rich with insight uh, and really a, a unique voice in all of the uh, focus on 9-11 this, uh, this coming weekend. Professor, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, as always. Uh, so I know you've got a, an event that is both live and virtual coming up on Friday, twelve fifteen at the College of Law, or you can uh, go virtually there as well. We'll put all of this on our Facebook page and social media outlets uh, to, so people can join. It is free to the public. But tell us about the panel uh, and what this discussion is going to be about tomorrow. The panel is, there are four of us in the panel, Professor Holbrook from the law school, Ralph Mercer, who served in the British Army, who was a graduate of the law school, and Dave Schoenemann, who I'm sure is familiar to many of your listeners, who was, you know, um, who assistant U.S. U.S. attorney in Salt Lake City and served in Afghanistan with the DOJ, which means that on our panel, we have two people who served in Afghanistan, Schoenemann and Mercer. And I think that will provide uh, truly unique insight that the audience will will be richly benefited from it. And there are no secrets. The topics we're addressing, 9-11, looking back, Afghanistan, looking back, looking forward, are clearly in the minds of, of Americans, you know, here, there, and everywhere. And I think that it gives us an opportunity to address significant strategic questions, mm. which are relevant not only today, but also moving forward. Again, I really do want to emphasize that the panel is, is unique because of the four of us, two served in Afghanistan, Holbrook also served in Vietnam, but in the context of this, we really are very fortunate to have um, Dave Schwinneman and Ralph Mercer on the panel with us. Yeah, th- this really is uh, one of those moments where the University of Utah is a unique voice, I think, uh, across the nation in terms of the perspective. Uh, and so let's dive into to some of those things. And, of course, your unique perspective uh, professor is uh, between your background in the the military in Israel as part of that defense force as a lieutenant for 19 years. Uh, you have some really interesting perspective in terms of the region as a whole. Uh, but start with a, a broad brush for us. What uh, what are the things that we should be thinking about as we look back and look forward? Straight to the point. One was the American involvement in Iraq slash Afghanistan in the aftermath of 9-11, quote unquote, worth it. Two what were the strategic goals, comma, if any, question mark. Three, given that the United States has now left Iraq and Afghanistan, 
um, and the manner in which the, the departure was conducted, with all due respect to the decision, which we've talked before, I agree with the decision, but I think there are legitimate questions out there in terms of America as a reliable ally, mm. and for moving forward, the role of the United States in the Middle East in particular, and the world in general. And I think that this, the event tomorrow uh, and the events of the past weeks really force us, whether we want to or not, to ask ourselves difficult questions. Yeah. So I, I want to jump right to uh, what you mentioned about America as an ally moving forward, especially in that region. Again, given your background and uh, and work in that region, uh, is there what is America's position in the region right now? And, and is there confidence uh, for nations in the Middle East and those surrounding areas to have America as an ally? Because, as you correctly noted, I served in the Israel Defense Forces where we divide everything into three. I'll give you three answers. One, <laughs> I think there's concern about the extent to which the United States consistently does not understand the Middle East. We take American values, principles, norms, normative behavior, and try to apply it um, like a sandwich on the Middle East. And it, it's a pattern that just repeats itself. And I think those of us who, like me, live in Israel and others who live in other places in the Middle East are consistently concerned that the U.S. does not really understand the Middle East. Mm. That's one. Two, if, God forbid, something happens again, will the U.S. rush in and commit the same kinds of of mistakes that clearly were were committed after 9-11? And three, in terms of the U.S. as a reliable ally, while I well understand the quote-unquote need, quote-unquote need, to rush in, that aid is not necessarily always the right thing to do. And then you've got to have some kind of an exit policy that you need to think about in advance, which raises, the, for me, the important question about American geo, American strategic thinking and American geopolitical thinking. Thinking strategically is missing, acting tactically seems to be in the American DNA, and I think that is really troubling. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think it's the uh, the old uh, art of war, you know, strategy without tactics is the slowest path to victory, but tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat, and, and that seems to be echoing, uh, particularly with the withdrawal uh, from Afghanistan. And uh, so I, I do think it's interesting, and I, I love that you've pointed out this this element that we don't really understand. I, I heard one military leader say, you know, this wasn't a 20-year war. It was a one-year war repeated 20 times because we didn't learn and we didn't adapt and we didn't get to know the region or the uh, the tribes or the, the different things happening in there. Uh, and that sort of that, uh, I guess it's a strategic narcissism that uh, thinking that everything will play out, you know, based on U.S. norms and values and, and behavior uh, just doesn't doesn't seem to play right uh, in terms of the Middle East. I, I remind you that, that President Bush, the son, talked about bringing democracy to the Middle East. So that, that's a cliche. That's a mantra. That's a soundbite. But I don't think that President Bush stopped to ask the people and the leaders in the Middle East, do you really want democracy? Do you really understand democracy? That's not a negative. That's just yeah. a reality. We make these normative assumptions we refer to Afghanistan as a country. Afghanistan is not a country. It's not a country as you and I understand a country. It's it's a it's a, it's warlords. It's tribal leaders. It's the Taliban. It's all 
how you and I understand countries, and we make the same mistake over and over again. You know, Iraq wasn't a country, right? There were the Shiites, the Sunnis, the Kurds, um, and, this, and we, we repeat, you know, it's, it's Barbara Tuckman's March of Folly, right? It's the same thing, or Einstein about stupidity, right? You repeat yourself over and over in insanity, right? right? You repeat right. yourself over and over again. That's what this is, and the tragedy, of course, is, um, you know, how many lives were, were lost, how many lives were destroyed, how much money was, was misspent. Yeah. If the idea was to, to get bin Laden, and let's say that after 9-11, that's, that's a legitimate goal to try to find bin Laden, sure. and, you know, ultimately SEAL Team 6 um, killed him, that's fine. Then the obvious question is, after you do that, why did President Obama stay? Why did President Trump stay? Is it inertia? I mean, does that mean that American foreign mm. policy is guided by inertia? That's a terrible thing. And obviously, you and I are of age. We can go back to Vietnam and ask the same question. So I think that President Biden made the absolute right decision to get out. We're going to have a long talk about the way in which it was conducted, intelligence, and so on and so on. The decision was right. But, you know, you can certainly ask, where was Obama and where was Trump? And right. those are, I think, questions that from a foreign policy perspective. You know, we we just go forward. We lurch forward. And I like what I mean, like this, like what the, was this general said, one year war 20 times over, which is devastating for those whose lives were forever impacted. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, great insight. We're really looking forward. To, it's tomorrow, Friday, September the 10th, 1215. Uh, you can either go live at the uh, College of Law there up on the University of Utah campus. Uh, campus, or you can do it virtually as well. We'll post the links uh, on our social media feeds today. But uh, it's been 20 years in Afghanistan. This will be a uh, deep dive, fascinating look, and again, very unique voices uh, up at the University of Utah tomorrow. And uh, again, Professor uh, Amos Giora, thanks so much for joining us today on Inside Sources. As, as always, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.